You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today on the podcast. In today's message, I'm interviewing Dr. Pauline Hughes on a recent radio program, Spiritual Mind, Spiritual You. Join us as we talk about the power of prayer and life in the Spirit. Good morning. This is Dr. Pauline Hughes and Spiritual Mind, Spiritual You. And I know you haven't heard this voice in a minute, but I have been so busy and just uh, pursuing some things, some other things that God has on the radar right now. But I know that you've been blessed with Dr. Terry Bailey and how he has just really uh, brought forth the word. And one day you will see him in person in Thompson, Georgia, and he'll be preaching the word, and you can come see him uh, live. And so now, just through radio, you're just getting familiar with him, and I think that's a very good thing. So uh, today, I'm just opening up, and and Dr. Bailey is going to uh, interview me as we talk about mothers. A month earlier, but it gives you an opportunity to prepare for Mother's Day because it is coming, because mothers are special. I just believe that mothers are angels from heaven. So let me read Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and then we will get started with Dr. Bailey. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So again, good morning. Dr. Bailey, good morning. How are you today? Well, good morning to you. I trust that you are doing well today. So we're going to kind of turn the tables a little bit today. Normally, you're sitting in this seat, and you'll be interviewing me, but today we're going to talk to you and see what God is saying and and what you feel, and we are celebrating mothers. We're just a few weeks away from Mother's Day. We just finished Easter, and now we're in that season between Easter and Pentecost, and I think one of the greatest days on the calendar is Mother's Day. I'm thankful for a mother who taught me to pray, taught me to love the Lord, who took me to church, when I was growing up, I, my dad was not a Christian. He didn't come to know the Lord until later in life. So my mother uh, did most of that on her own. I'm thankful for that. She instilled early on a love for the Word of God and a word for the things of God. And I remember as a as a young teenager, she bought me a set of books by Gordon Lindsay. And I just devoured and read those books. And I credit her today with much of uh, my love for the Lord and uh, the ministry that I'm involved in today. But I wanted to ask you by way of testimony. When I think about Dr. Pauline Hughes, I think about someone who loves to pray, someone who knows the power of prayer. Talk to us a little bit about how you got started in this journey of prayer and intercession. Wow. Well, and I don't really don't know how far to go back other than uh, when I was in Germany. Germany, um, my husband and I were in Germany. Um, we were there for three years, which was an, an awesome experience for me. And, um, you know, my parents always took me to church. My parents always taught me to love the Lord. But my parents did not so much teach me how to have a relationship with God where he was in control. And I don't think it was too much to their fault. I think they just did not know neither. And so my parents always took me to church. And so when I married my husband and went to Germany, um, I remember going to a Bible study one night, um, a Protestant Bible study, 
and the teacher was was teaching on the love of God. And the way that the teacher was teaching on the love of God, I said, you know, I, said, I never heard that story before that way. And it was that night, although I felt like I had given my life to the Lord and had been baptized and so forth, it was that night I went to the altar and rededicated my life to the Lord. And then when I rededicated my life to the Lord, um, I came home that evening, you know, feeling very different, feeling very strange. And about, um, I they gave me a good news Bible that night, and never will forget it. And when I got home, I just devoured that Bible. It just pulled me, pulled me, pulled me. And after reading that Bible for about three weeks, I had a dream. And in that dream, um, I was I was saying, the Lord watches over me, the Lord keepeth me. And I said it times. And after the third time, this unusual uh, language came out of my mouth in the dream. And so that Sunday, I went and discussed that with a friend. And she said, oh, she said, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And I said, I said, what is that? And she began to explain to me and where I could find it in the Bible. And she said, if you'll come with me to the back of the church, she said, I'll help you to get it. Well, I was still a new Christian in that, but I was smart enough to know that if God had given me a dream, it was me and him alone at that point, that he would do this alone with me and him again. So um, I came home and I sat on my sofa and I began to do what was in the dream. I activated the dream now since, you know, we have a little bit more wisdom. And I sat on my sofa and I began to say, the Lord watches over me, the Lord keepeth me. And on the third route, God began to, God filled me with the Holy Spirit. And uh, Dr. Bailey, I will tell you, from that point, that was January 1985. And from that day, I have I have been a prayer warrior from 1985 until this day. Um, so when God filled me with the Holy Spirit, he birthed the gifting of intercession and prayer within me. Wow. Well, I know you're a mother and a grandmother. We're so thankful for the relationship that Beth and I have with you and Ronnie. And you have uh, a beautiful daughter and two beautiful grandchildren and a, an awesome son-in-law. And I know that's because of prayer. That's because of the foundation that you've laid in prayer. Tell me, how do you pray for your children and your grandchildren? Well, you know, um, when when Victoria was dating, I have, I have to go back to this because I know I probably embarrassed my daughter a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what I was telling Victoria was right here in Romans chapter 12, it says, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I would tell Victoria, I said, just because you're 16, 16 is not the number that says you're to date. I said, that is a world concept. You know, when you get 16, you're to date. I mean, it's like the mindset that most kids, kids have. When I get 16, my parents should buy me a car. Where's that written? <laughs> you know? So I would tell Victoria, I said, you know, I said, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing. And I continually um, counseled my daughter on keeping her mind on her education, on her education. And as I told her, I said, as God has uh, preparing you, for a spouse and, and mothers, I hope you hear this. I, I don't care what this world is going through. I don't care what they're doing. You cannot go wrong in raising your children in the Lord through praying for them and interceding for them. And I remember Terry. You know, I had Victoria in Germany, and there was a German lady that came to me and she says, "Before you teach your daughter how to plait her hair, she said, you teach her how to call the name of the Lord." And and Terry, I never really taught Victoria how to pray. I was always the example of prayer with her, always. And so um, when my daughter, uh, when she, you know, started, you know, kind of dating, you know, around through college and, you know, and 
getting into that air. You know, Victoria, bring these guys home. And I said, Victoria, I said, when you kiss that frog, he's not going to turn into no prince. <laughs> I'm telling you. I said, that is not the one. And so, you know, I just kept praying and I just kept seeing Victoria with Mr. Wright. And every time Victoria would bring, you know, somebody home, I would just pray, God, that is not the one. And, and you know, and there was a couple of times where Victoria would bring one home and I would look at him and I said, son, are you saved? <laughs> You know, and of course, you know, I mean, because the thing you have to understand, your children are an investment. And so the thing of it is, as you invest your, if you, as you invest prayer and the word and, and just really decreeing and declaring who your children are, you know, you have to understand that God has that plan. And so I, I want to go back to my son-in-law. Oh, my God. Well, he's my, I don't call him my son-in-law. He's my son. I tell you, yes. that man is a blessing. And, wow. uh and I would tell Victoria, I said, Victoria, before you get your head all up in the clouds, you bring that by so me and your dad can, can look at it and see what's going on. And she was always very faithful with that. And one day she came to me. I was at a doctor's appointment with Ron, and she said, Mom, she said, I got somebody I want you to meet. And I was like, so here we go again. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she said, Mom, today at 11 o'clock. She said, he's going to meet you at um I think at Panera Bread. And I said, okay. I said, I, I said I'll meet him there on my way to Ronnie's appointment. And, of course, Victoria had told him what, what kind of car I was going to be driving and everything. And he came over to open my door, and when he came to open the door, I looked in his face, and I knew that was my son-in-law. Wow. I knew that was my, I knew that was him. And I so, tell you, he is just a blessing. So you really modeled prayer to Victoria more than you taught her. Yes, I did. Yes, you, I did. You know, more things are caught than taught is an old That's saying. Right. And, you know, I learned so much about ministry from my spiritual father. I would just go and drive him to church services or uh, work the altar with him and, and hand him the oil and do whatever he needed me to do. And I learned so much about that. And one of the things I learned was about a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And I know that I met you through TV 49 on the day, mm-hmm. on the National Day of Prayer, maybe six or more years oh ago. It's probably and, about eight years now. <laughs> you know, and there I sat that day wondering, what in the world am I here today? And mm-hmm. you came and sat down next to me. And, and, of course, that just started this relationship where you and I have been ministry partners and doing things together. And you've been one of the greatest cheerleaders concerning the book that I wrote about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But you do a ministry called Holy Spirit Refreshing. And I know last year, because of COVID that, you know, we you had to postpone. We did do one, I think, in December uh, mm-hmm. down uh, in Wrens, Georgia, together. Um, it wasn't the big conference that you normally do, but I remember it was a very powerful time of ministry. Uh, tell us, how did that get started and where did that develop from? And just kind of walk us through that process a little bit. Well, you know, um, I, I go back, it was 2009, 2009-2010, God spoke to me, and and, and I want to say this, Terry, you know, many times when God tells us to do something, you know, we don't think about preparing, you know, just because God says, okay, I want you to do something, he doesn't mean next week. Because mm-hmm. you have to prepare, you have to prepare the atmosphere. You have to set things up. And so when I hear people say, "Okay, God told me to do this, and I'm doing it next week," I cringe because <laughs> the Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. You've got to go into that day. You got to deal with what the enemy has set up because he'll set things up and mess you up. And here you are mm-hmm. thinking you're following God, and, but the thing is, and, and it is God's assignment, but you're running before Him. So it's very important that you lay a foundation that you get a clear understanding of what God is saying 
So around 2009, 2010, um, God spoke to me in, in the prayer, and he said, I want you to bring a major conference here to Augusta. And I was like, a major conference here to Augusta? And so I knew Cheryl Brady, and so I thought that, that the Lord wanted me to bring Cheryl Brady to Augusta. And so I called um, Cheryl. Cheryl has twins, Nina and Tina. And I called them, and, and she was in the process of moving from North Carolina to Texas. <clears throat> and so I found that she wasn't going to be able to do it. So I got back in prayer, and I said, God, I said, okay. I said, um, what do you want me to do? I, I said, I said, Cheryl can't come. And he says, I didn't tell you to invite Cheryl. <laughs> so see, I, said, I didn't get all the instructions. <laughs> so um, at that time, I had kind of been getting some material from a, a lady called Katie Susan. And Katie Souza does a base of her ministry basically uh talks about the soul. She's a very powerful speaker in that. And so I was in I got back in prayer and God says, I want you to invite Katie Souza to Augusta and I said, Lord, I said, I don't know Katie Souza. He said, No, I, you don't know her but I do. So I got on the phone, made the connections, called her. Her team called me back and she said, Sure. She said, I'll come to Augusta. Well, you know, Terry, it really wasn't about the conference. When God was preparing that conference, when Katie came to Augusta, Katie gave me something that I didn't have that was blocking me from getting to the greater dimension in prayer. Mm. And that greater dimension was conquering my soul wounds. And so, you know, it was really funny because, you know, Katie was one of these people, you know, she had been in prison, you know, she, you know it was so funny. That, so, it, so when people that knew me knew that I invited her, you know, it was amazing all the negative, uh, you know, um, negative things that happen, so, you know, you should be bothered with her and blah, blah, blah. But, see, she had what I needed. And this is what we have to understand. When a person has what you need, you got to shut all other voices out and get what you need. So either way, when she came for that conference, and we had it in January, it was two days, uh, and Terry, it was awesome. The first night we had, like, the first night we had, like, 350 people headed in Augusta, and the next day we had, like, 575 people. I mean, God packed the house out. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, I got my I got my soul healed. She taught me how to keep my soul healed. And so as when the conference was over and I started practicing how to keep my soul healed and how to, because the Bible says, Brethren, I wish above all things that you prosper and be of good health even as your soul prospers. You can't mm-hmm. prosper in the spirit. You can't take down principalities and powers of spiritual wickedness and high places with a wounded soul. So I began to practice True. that. And as I began practicing that, God began to show me how to go into his presence. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and Terry, I, I, and you know, you know, you've been with me. I don't care how yes. dead a situation is. One, right. and, I, and I'm not saying this because I'm prideful. I'm not saying this because I'm arrogant. I'm not saying any of that because of this. But I don't care how dead a church is. I don't care what's going on. When I walk into that room, the whole the whole atmosphere changes. And I praise yes. God for that. That's um, very God true. Taught, yeah. So God taught me, like He told Moses. He says, "I'm not going anywhere without Your presence." And so, I mean, you know, God is all, I've always been a praiser. And so when I got my soul healed, that praise and the presence of God just start walking together. And I'm telling you, it is just, it amazes me sometimes. Amen. One of the things that I really uh, respect and admire about you, Dr. Pauline, is that when the Lord speaks to you, when God gives you instructions, you don't just jump in there and run with that, you seek the Lord, and you find out what's the next step, what's the strategy, how do I enter into this? But you have a boldness in the things of God that I think that mothers, fathers, everyone, every believer with me, anyone that would be listening today to this broadcast, there's a boldness in you concerning the things of God. You're not ashamed of the gospel, 
You're not ashamed of the power of God. And God has opened some strategic doors for you. He's opened some opportunities for you to share these things that God has put in you. What would you say to mothers today? You know, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. Mm -hmm. And that's the area of our life. Our spirit's encapsulated. That's the part of us that's born again. But our soul is the place where the enemy attacks us. That's where the attack of the enemy comes. Mm -hmm. He comes to provoke our minds, our thought life. And he wants to evoke invoke an emotional response out of us because he wants our souls to be fractured. So what would you say to someone, especially mothers, maybe they're wounded, maybe they're hurt, maybe single mothers that are listening today that have been betrayed by a husband or someone, they're, and, and they're, they're, they're struggling in the area of their soul. What would you say to them on, on what would be the steps they need to take for the healing of their soul? Sure. I would say this, Terry, you know, um, I'm a fourth child, you know, in my family. I, you know, I was my mother's favorite. You know, my, my other siblings don't know that and probably to this day still don't know that. It don't even matter. <laughs> but the thing of it is, I, I walked in a lot of rejection. And because I walked in a lot of rejection, there were situations that I messed up because that spirit of rejection was on me. And so because that spirit of rejection was on me, I lost relationships that could have got me to where I'm at much faster than what I did. But, you know, everything is in God's timing. But in that spirit of rejection, it, it comes with a lot of emotional baggage. And I was very emotional, you know. And, I, mean, it was, I mean, it was. when I look back, I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. But one thing about the enemy, and, and if, listeners, please hear this, especially women. If the enemy can get into your emotions, he's got you. I mean, once he gets you emotional, he's got you. The thing about God's word, I don't care how much you cry. I don't care how much you have a temper tantrum. I don't care what kind of fit you have. God's word has not changed. He is the same today, yesterday, and forever. You know, you, you can cry to the cows come home, one of your children to come to the Lord. But until you get into this word and say that I shall be saved, me and my entire household, nothing will happen. When it comes down to prayer, nothing just happens. You have to decree and declare, declare this word. You have to release this word out of your mouth. And out of your mouth, it brings from the spiritual to the natural. Everything is in the spirit. Everything is spiritual. So when I begin to speak, you know, about my grandbaby, you know, I mean, my little Haley, you know, and Daniel, you know, they're my heart. But when I pray for, for, for Daniel and Haley, I pray Psalms 1, and I call them by name. I said, blessed is Daniel that does not sit in the council of ungodly. That word that I speak today is the word that I'm going to see in my grandson tomorrow. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Because yes. I'm releasing a thing. And so the thing of it is, when, when something happens, because we're created in the image of God, Terry and me and Ronnie was having this discussion. I want to say we woke up early, probably around Wednesday morning, and he said, what are you getting ready to do? It's 4 in the morning. I said, I'm getting up to pray. He said, let's read Genesis. Well, as we were reading Genesis, Terry, what a lot of people just kind of run past is that God created Adam and Eve by the Spirit first. He created them by the Spirit. He says, I created them by the Spirit. I created them in my image. I created him, him, and and then she. He created them by the Spirit. And then in Genesis chapter 2, that's when he formed man in a body. But when he created him by the Spirit, he created him to rule by his Spirit. We have it backwards. And so as a mother, when, when God wakes me up in the morning and, and drops something in my spirit about my children, I get up and I begin ruling in the Spirit because we have all dominion and all power and authority in the Spirit. 
You know, the the thing about it is someone can come in here and they can blast me out and they can say whatever they want to say about me. But the thing of it is that's not that person. That's that that's that spirit that's ruling in that person. And I can go in prayer and begin to pray and rebuke that spirit out of that person and ask that ask God to bring that person to their true self, their real self, which is in the image of who he is. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. And and the truth of the matter is that's what the enemy attacks is our image, our who we are. You know, the, I've always said this. I just feel like God gave me this revelation some years ago that, you know, number one, the attack of the enemy is not against what I do. You know, mm-hmm. people say, well, you know, I'm in ministry and the devil's mad, so he's attacking me. Really, the attack is against who we are. Right. Because if we don't know who we are in Christ, we won't enter into the fullness of all that he has for us. We won't enter into the fullness of of who he is in our life. And, you know, so... We we have to know who we are in Christ, right. and I think as a mother, you're going to pray for your children probably more than anyone. That's right. uh, you know, my daughter is 25, and I was praying for the person she's supposed to marry before she was born. I was interceding while she was in the womb and praying and asking God. There are things that I ask God for even as she was in the womb that I'm holding on to even to this day, you know, and it's in God's timing, of course. And I think we have to understand that. So as a mother who prays, when when we were at, in Wrens at the church there, your granddaughter was there that morning, Haley. Haley. And, and she's, uh, I say, she's a chip right off the block. <laughs> <laughs> she's your clone. Man, she was right up front. She was worshiping and, and just bold in the things of God. Share a little bit about her and, and what you think is God's, doing in her life well when my daughter was five weeks um my daughter had um lost her first baby and then when she got pregnant with Haley, she came in the house and she was five weeks pregnant and i looked at her and i told victoria i said that's a girl and she said mom she said, how do you know that she says i'm not even showing i said that's a girl from that point just like i did with victoria when i realized i i knew the night i conceived victoria and from that point, I began to pray in the Holy Spirit over my daughter till the day that I had her. I was I was pushing and praying in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and so um, Haley's the same way. I pray for Haley, and my, my daughter had me laughing. They, her and Daniel took them to a, a Good Friday service, and Victoria told Haley, she said, we're on our way to church, and Haley says, oh, I left my flag. <laughs> and so Victoria said, Haley, she said, it's not that kind of church. And when my daughter said that, this is what struck in my spirit. Why isn't it that kind of church? Mm. Why isn't? Why why are, aren't they praising? Why aren't they giving to God the glory? Why aren't they celebrating him? Because, Terry, everything that God has, has, has done for us, he's already done. It is worth celebrating. And I believe this is why we don't walk in the miracles of God, because we're doing church, we're doing religion the way that we want to. Why, why, why did not my granddaughter go into a church as praising and giving God the glory? Why didn't she? And so in her mind, she's thinking, well, why aren't they praising God? <laughs> because that's the way, you know, I went to a Baptist church one day to do um, uh, a message with a group of women, and the praise and worship was kind of blah, blah, blah. And so I stood in front of them, and I held my Bible up, and I said, I want everybody to hold your Bible up, and they held the Bibles up. And I said, in this Bible, it says, let everything, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I said, that's in the Bible you carry. 
The Bible says, let everything, you know, um, let everything has breath pray. The Lord has said, that's in the Bible. Let, the Bible says, make a joyful noise. That's in the Bible that you carry. That is not denominational. So what we want to do, anything that that brings forth movement and anything that brings forth noise, we're going to say, oh, that's Pentecostal, that's charismatic. No, that's word, baby. <laughs> And every time every time I shout and every time I give God the glory, it makes the enemy stand back because he don't know what's coming next. Let me tell you something. The Bible says life and death is in the power of the tongue. And whether I use this tongue to praise him, whether I use this tongue to release the word, the enemy got the, the enemy's got the honor. <laughs> hey, he's got the honor, Terry. He's got the honor me when I step forward with this word. He's got the honor when I begin to shout. He's got the honor because the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Do you know why the enemy is railroading over your family? Because you don't make him respect you. When I begin to praise God, when I begin to release this word, the the devil got to respect me, Terry. He got mm-hmm. to respect me. Glory, <laughs> hallelujah. He got to respect me. To God well, be the glory. If you remember in the scriptures, uh, the sons of Sceva uh, tried to cast the devil out of uh, someone, and the, the, the demon said, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? That's right. So my question is, is does the devil know who we are? That's right. Because of our praise, because of our life, because of the anointing of God that we carry, and you do carry an anointing, and I thank you. And when you give me a word, I always take hold of that and say, I believe that is the word of the Lord. I remember when I first came down and was interviewed with you on this radio program some years ago, uh, you looked at me and you said, your book will be a bestseller. Well, I'll be honest with you, I didn't know if my own people would buy it or not in my own church. You know, um, It's not that, that it, there's anything profound that, you know, it's not something, it's not great new revelation. It's just basically uh, my understanding of who the Holy Spirit is. And I thought, Lord, you know, there's so many books out there. What else can I say? And you looked at me and you said, this book will be a bestseller. And the Lord has honored that. You know, it's been tremendous what God has done. You've, you've called me at strategic times and given me the word of the Lord. What would you say? I think we got about four or five minutes left here. What would you say? to mothers about the gifts of the Spirit and why it's important for them to really have the word of the Lord over their children and and over their circumstances. Well, first of all, Terry, this word, according to the book of Timothy, is is a two-edged sword. It's a sword. And -hmm. you know what happens when you start swinging a sword. If you want your children to be where where God has called them to be, it's what God has created them to be. It's what God has given them to be. You know, it's like my little grandbaby. You know, she has so much energy. And Terry, you know, like you said, she's a chip on the off the old block because I have a lot of energy. But God created me with this energy to do what He's called me to do. And so I would I would tell mothers, you know, and and I you know I minister to people all the time in the hospital. I say, get this word. You know, there's so many different ways, you know, audio, CD, you know, MP3, MP4, so many different ways, and just play it. Just play it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, you know, and like like I told you about Genesis, I mean, you know, so many people just kind of read through there, you know, when they talk about how God created man, and people think that God created man in, in the body, and that was it. you got to slow down and go and read it, that he put man in the spirit first. It's your spirit that has dominion over these spirits that's trying to take over your children. The Bible says that children are a blessing from the Lord. They are a blessing from the Lord. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care how they're acting up. When you keep releasing that word and you keep looking them in the face and say, you're a blessing, you're a blessing, you're a blessing, that's exactly what they are. They're a blessing. They're a blessing. Wow. They're a blessing. Wow. And, 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 you know, Terry, I, I know, and I, and I know Mike won't mind, but 
I think we have so much to say here. If you don't mind, if you have the time, I would like to take at least another 30 minutes to, to finish out this show because there are some things that the Holy Spirit is staring that I really believe that needs to be said. Is that okay with you? That's fine. I'm sure, Mike, I'm sure Mike's fine with that. Um, the point of being women, you know, we're so nurturing. Our Father is nurturing. We're, we're created in the image of, of who he is. And when, our, when, we're, when we're just substance in God's hand, you know what he did, Terry? He spoke words into us. He spoke who we are, who we're going to become, what's going to happen. Well, when we begin to pray, we begin to bring the words that he spoke about us alive. Mm. The very thing he said about it, every every time I pray, it releases the word of God that he spoke about me before the foundations of the earth. But what happens is we get into this world system and we begin to take the advice of man, not understanding that there's a word that's already been spoken about me. What can you say? <laughs> there's nothing you can say. It's already been spoken. And so if you, want to, if you want to see yourself in the fullness, in the image of God, if you want to see your children in the fullness, in the image of God, just speak the word over them. There's a word. You know, and, this, and this is what I, my little grandbaby Daniel, he's, he's, he's such a blessing. When he gets real cranky, I pull him close to my ear and I begin to pray in his ear. And he'll turn and he'll look at me and he'll start smiling. And I say, you remember, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> because he came from the hand of God. And, and, and mothers, please hear this. Parents, please hear this. Um, you know, I'm going to school for a degree. Degrees, letters behind your name, all those things are wonderful. But unless you have the power of God flowing in your life, unless you know God, unless you seek him daily, those degrees won't make a bit of difference. There's mm-hmm. no success beyond your relationship with God. And so just like the lady told me in Germany, she said, before you teach Victoria how to plait her hair, teach her how to call him the name of the Lord. Wow. And, and you know, and, and so granted, you know, our, some of your children has got 15, 16, 17 years old. You know, you can't expect for them just to turn over today because children don't watch what you say. They watch what you do. Mm-hmm. So you have did your thing before them all this time. You're going to have to get on your knees and do some, some true battling, bottom line. You know, when Beth and I first started in ministry, we were youth pastors, and we did children's church, and, uh, you know, we did, those things, and I remember the kids would come in and tell us things about what was going on in their home. I never sold them out. I never went out and told anything about that. But I remember, um, you know, please pray for my dad. He's doing such and such, and they don't want anybody in the church to know it. And you know, and they were innocent in what they were saying, but yes. they watch more what we do than what we say. Yes. And if they listen to what we say, and if we don't keep our word. You know, my daughter always say, let's pinky promise, Daddy. And that was like covenant. You know, if you, I I said, I'm not making a pinky promise (laughs) if I can't live up to this. Uh, You know, because they watch what we're doing, what we're saying. So that's integrity. That's having integrity. And that comes out of that relationship with the Lord. Integrity is not something I have to strive to do. Integrity flows out of who I am. And if I know who I am in Christ, if I know that I'm a son or a daughter of God, and the Bible said that, you know, that uh, those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God, um, we become the sons of God. And that word there for sons means mature. Those who are led by the Spirit are the mature children of God. So how would you say to a mother especially a young mother maybe that's listening, or the mother of a teenager today. You know, if you can survive those years, you can, you can accomplish anything is what I'm told. 
Now, I've been blessed with a wonderful daughter, but from day one in her life, she's been exposed to the things of God. She's been exposed to tremendous men and women of God, leaders in the body of Christ. Uh, when we lived and pastored in Baltimore, she wasn't, we didn't really have babysitters. Like we didn't have a grandmother nearby that we could say, would you go stay with your grandmother? And, and while, so we took her to most of the things that we did. So she was at the table. She's heard the conversations. And it, it really, I think, set her forward in her walk with God. Uh, and she was exposed to things that maybe a lot of children weren't exposed to. Right. So she's been a blessing through, throughout her life. And I've enjoyed every stage. I, You know, somebody said, what was your favorite? Uh, well, I enjoyed when she was a baby. I enjoyed when she was a, a toddler. I, I've enjoyed every stage. And, and now she's here. My wife works at Southern Wesleyan. So uh, most days I have lunch with my daughter. So I'm thankful for that. I get to spend a great deal of time with her now. And it's very special to me to be able to do that. And she's me and her is just alike in a lot of ways. And that, you know, uh, I'm thankful for that. So for us, we exposed her to these things early on. So what would you say to a, a young mother uh, um, or a mother of teenagers that, that's today about being led by the Spirit and understanding and knowing who they are in Christ? Where do they start? You know, Terry, the the first place a mother can start is by her giving her life to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Her giving her life to, for her to have a personal relationship with Christ. Because Terry, it's like I can come into a room with a bucket of water. If that water is full and you get beside me, that water is going to spill on you too, right? Yeah. So I have to make sure I am where I'm at in God. Not that I'm perfect. And see, and, and that's where the enemy will start coming in, and the enemy will start saying, well, you know, you just think you're perfect. And many times your children will probably say the same thing. But you've got to understand that, that, that words have power. And so the enemy will try to release a word to back you down. But you have got to get with mature women. The Bible says, let the older women teach the younger women. I don't know what happened to that. But as the older, the ones that are mature, if you can get their counsel, you know, sometimes their counsel can seem kind of hard. Sometimes their 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 counsel can seem kind of strict. But Terry, it works. Um, in Jeremiah uh, one and five, I, I love this scripture. And, and I'm gonna tell you something, Terry. This is the scripture that broke me away from people because I think sometimes people um, and their advice sometimes can break us away from truly walking into the things of God. When Ronnie and I came to Georgia and we were involved in certain churches, um, Victoria was you know growing up and she was becoming a teenager. And it was amazing how many adults would come to me and say, oh, you're too strict on her. Oh, you're too this, you're too that. And how adults would go behind my back and try to turn my daughter from my advice of raising her. You ever <laughs> seen anything like that? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. you know. So, like I, I would tell Victoria, I said, Victoria, I said, I can never go wrong in raising you in the things of God. And so sometimes you just get so thick in the battle you have got to really hear what God is saying. And so one day, Terry, I was in my kitchen, and this song came to me, can't nobody do me like Jesus, can't nobody do me like the Lord. <laughs> and, I, and, that, and that song just kept ringing in my ears, and so I started saying it. And I said, can't nobody do me like Jesus, can't nobody do me like the Lord. Before I knew it, I was singing it. Next thing I knew, I was dancing. And, Terry, I danced so hard and, and shouted that song so hard Nothing I know, I was in the I was in the floor, slain in the spirit. And when I came to, this is the scripture God gave me. 
I knew you before I I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And then God began to speak to me. He says, I knew you. I called you. They didn't. Let me tell you something, Terry. God set me free. God set me free. And so when people would come to me and they would say, oh, you're too strict on Victoria, this would be my thing. I would say, oh, November 26, 1986, I remember you laying there pushing. I believe it was me and God and Holy Ghost and Ronnie standing behind me. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> I didn't even know you. And so I believe, mothers, that God has given you a vision for your child. God gave me a vision for for, for Victoria and every time Victoria get off track, I would go back and I would begin to pray that vision. I would begin to decree and declare that vision. I would get in this word. I would begin to speak this 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 word. Because let me tell you something: the devil, you, parents, you're not dealing with your children. You're dealing with a spirit here. You're dealing with a power, a, a, a principality. But he will come down when you speak this word. He will come down when you begin to pray. He has to. Because because God has already given you dominion and authority to do that. This word is true. No matter, I don't care what your children, I don't care if they're in jail. This word is still true. Your child being in jail ain't going to change his word. Your child being in jail ain't going to change, ain't going to change God's mind. God's just going to do a greater work in him or her while they're there. You understand? You don't give up on God. Don't do that. So, so before before we were in our mother's womb, God knew us, and he set us apart. You know, you know, Terry, everything that I'm walking in, I mean, just like me back in school right now, if you'd have told me a year ago that I was going to be back in school, I would say, you're crazy. I'm not going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> so, but in prayer, remember I said in prayer, it's, it's like an egg. Every time I pray, the egg begins to crack, and then next thing you know, what's in the egg comes out. So to unlock your destiny and purpose, to unlock your children's destiny and purpose, it starts in prayer. Now, yes, my daughter's going to be 35 years old this year, but that still does not stop her mama from praying for her, and that still does not stop me from still releasing the destiny and purpose that I see for her life. Just because she's married, there is a destiny and purpose that God is still giving me a vision for, and I still pray for that vision. Mm -hmm. So, So God is in control to the level that you pray. Um, but but I, I love being a grandmother. I, I I love my grandchildren. You know, I love my little family. You know, and now and now they're living here. You know, I told Ron that Victoria wasn't going to stop till she got close to her mama. <laughs> <laughs> but but I'm really enjoying seeing them when I do. I mean, I'm still very busy, but I still take time to to do what I need to do as a mom and a grandma. Right. So I know you're busy. I know you work, and you've been going to school and doing a lot of things, especially ministry-oriented. Uh, you host uh, prayer meetings, midnight prayers, uh, early morning prayers, and have prayer team that prays really from all over the country. Yes. Um, yes. What would you say to moms who are balancing uh, where they have to work? It's not something where, you know, they're neglecting their children, but they have to work to take care of their children. Um a lot of working moms out there, what would you say to them? What would your counsel be to them on how to, uh, you know, people say, Pastor, I just, my time is so uh, limited um, and, it, and it affects my devotional life. What would you say to them on how to balance that? Mm-hmm. Well, this is what I do, Terry, especially now. I mean, I, I feel like I tell Ron, I, say, I feel like I'm more busy now than I did when I worked a full-time job. But what I do now is when I get up, you know, I, I get up in the morning to take my shower, I put my 
my scripture reading on audio. And so while I'm taking mm-hmm. the shower, the scriptures are the scriptures are playing in the house. Okay, so because this is one thing, one mandate that I have, I made my mind up to do, and I and I just thank God for this, that I will speak to no man until I speak to God. And mm-hmm. and this was a mandate that God put in me about three or four weeks ago. I will speak to no man until I speak to God. You know, so. I, I listen to these scriptures, and then, you know, when, I, when I'm on my way to school or to work, I listen to these scriptures on the way. You know, I try to at least do eight chapters of scriptures a day, even if I'm listening, okay? So when I get a break in my office, I, I'll sit and I will begin to talk to the Lord. I get on my knees and I begin to talk to the Lord to pray. But you can pray anytime. You know, and that's the neat thing about praying in the Holy Spirit. You don't have to have a set place. I can pray in the right. Holy Spirit all the way on my way all the way to Augusta. It's about mm-hmm. 22, 24 minutes. I can pray in the Holy Spirit all the way there, and God will speak to me. God knows you, and God knows the time that you have. He's not limited. He knows you. And this is what – you can't be so hard on yourself. And, and God will bring things up. I mean, like, um, I, I, I want to say this before I forget, and, and this is very, very important. It keeps dropping in my spirit. I have to say this, Terry, and this has nothing mm-hmm. to do with Mother's Day. This has something to do with you. Yes, Early in the show, I talked about laying a foundation, how it's very important when God tells you something, you have to begin to lay a foundation. It's like an architect. Before an architect builds a house, an architect right. has to has to draw up the plans. Well, I said early in the show that many of you are hearing the voice of Dr. Terry Bailey, and one day you will see him personally. God is going to bring Dr. Terry Bailey to the Thompson area. He's going to bring him to the CSRA. Dr. Terry Bailey is a powerful teacher and a powerful speaker. And granted, there are many leaders in in the Thompson area. I'm very thankful for them. But God is going to bring a new sound through Dr. Terry Bailey in the Thompson area. And so God is now laying this foundation. So every third Friday when you hear him, hear the teaching so that now you're hearing him by radio very soon i would say probably the next six months you're going to be able to see him face to face and watch him minister to you the heart of georgia has been in his heart for a very long time we're laying the foundation right now through radio so that you can hear his voice so when it all goes out and you hear that he's going to be here in the flesh get ready because this is going to be a time of a great turnaround for the CSRA when Dr. Terry Bailey gets to Thompson, Georgia. He is coming, and he is going to be here in Jesus' name. I just wanted to Amen. release that. That was very important. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much, and I received that. And, you know, every time I have thought that my ministry is done in the CSRA, God will open up some kind of door for media or opportunities, and I have lots of opportunities in the CSRA, and I have lots of opportunities in the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. And as you know, back last year, I made a prayer journey to Georgia, and God just orchestrated all the steps of that. And I said, Lord, why are you asking me to go to Georgia and pray? There are prayer people in Georgia that live in Georgia that have prayed for Georgia. And he said, and it came to me, you know, well, you've, you've had a call to Georgia for many, many years. You've been preaching in Georgia for many, many years, and Georgia's a part of the territory I'm assigning to you. So I look forward to the, when God uh, puts all this together, and, and I know it will be soon, and we look forward to what God will do. You know, we're in days of revival. Revival's not coming. Revival's here. Mm-hmm. And we've got to step up as the body of Christ and as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and, and embrace what God wants to do. We can't be moved by the fear that's saturated in our, our land. We have to move by faith. Because if we belong to God, then God is going to take care of us. You know, somebody asked me about this pandemic and what did I do? How did I respond? I said, well, you know, we had to do things lawfully. and We had to do things right. 
but I never once closed the church in the sense of stop. I was at the office each week. We were in contact with our people. We did uh, stop having services for a period of time and have them online. Then we went to drive-in services, and the minute that they, you know, they that they released us to be back at fifty percent. I mean, we we were back in service. We've been back since uh, the Sunday after Mother's Day last year. So we we've been pressing in and moving forward, and you know, and online, and we've been doing all the things that we could do. But I look back, there was never a time in this whole time that I was fearful. Like, man, am I going to get COVID? What's going to happen to me? Not once was I fearful at all. And I just attribute that to, you know, knowing the Lord, knowing who he is, and understanding his care. That don't mean that sometimes that fear don't try to attack us. Sure. But what that means is we over we overcome it. And like you said, in the mornings you get up and you just listen to the word. Well, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. In the very scripture that you read in the beginning, your foundational scripture, which I love, it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed right. by the renewing of your mind. And the way that our minds are renewed is is by meditating on the Word, okay. hearing the Word. You know, and it's, it's line upon line, precept upon precept. It's here a little, there a little, in a sense. And as the Word washes over us, it changes our attitudes. It helps us to have our minds renewed. See, when you get born again, your mind's not renewed. Your spirit's renewed. You're still, and you you know, God has to deal with those things in our life, and that's a process. That's right. So uh, speak to that and share with us what maybe your experience is or, or how, how do they, where do they start? You know, um, what I thought was so, it, it's just amazing. Yeah, I, I believe, <clears throat> I believe in angels. I believe the angels are among us. I believe in the supernatural. There's no way you can be spiritual and not believe in the supernatural, Terry. And I have a cuckoo clock. Well, he doesn't cuckoo, but it's one of these these clocks, you know, that that tell you when the hours are, and it chimes down the hours. And I was walking through the house because I've been in very deep prayer, I guess, for the last two weeks. I mean, very, very deep. And I have one. You have to wind this clock up. I mean, it's it's one of those older clocks. And so I'm walking through the house yesterday morning, and I'm praying, and I'm praying. You know, and I do a lot of midnight prayer, and I'm a firm believer that I don't care what situation you're in, I don't care how difficult the situation is, midnight prayer will get it. I'm telling you, midnight prayer will get it. And so I'm passing by this clock, and I'm praying and just really praising God, and I look at this clock, Terry, and the clock, you know, it's time for it to be wound up, and guess what time the clock stopped on? What's that? Midnight. Wow. And I I look at this clock, and I'm standing there. I'm I'm looking at this clock. I'll send you a picture of it. As a matter of fact, I haven't touched it. It's still on midnight. And I'm looking at this clock, and I'm like, it's on midnight. And I heard the Lord say, you know, because this is my thing. Paul and Silas at midnight, they began to sing praises and hymns unto God. And as they did, there was a great earthquake, and the jail cells shook. And everybody in the prison had the ability to be set free because of Paul and Silas's praise unto, unto God. Well, the focus of that, Terry, is that they were being to the Pope. You know, they were, you know, they, they were thrown in jail because of their ministry for Jesus. Mm-hmm. But during this time, their focus was on God. Their focus was not, oh, we want to get out of prison. Because if they had gotten out of prison, they just were going to get back out in, in prison again because they were going to go out there and do what they did to get themselves in there. Yes. And so their focus was on God. 
and saying, this is my thing. How do we manifest the presence of God in a situation? By our focus being on him, whether it's midnight, the, the hour of midnight, or whether we're in a midnight situation. How do I get God to show up in that situation? I put my focus on him. And so mm-hmm. I'm looking at this clock, and here it is, 12 o'clock. And, you know, Terry, you know, for years I've been praying in midnight prayer for a couple of years here. And God spoke to me, and he says, I've given you dominion at midnight. He says, whether the people come to you with a midnight situation or whether it's at midnight, he says, you're standing under open heaven. Oh, my Wow. wow. Right now would be a great time to pray. Would you just, as you feel led, pray for those maybe that are in a midnight situation? Yes. Let us pray. My Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're seemingly able to do more than we could ever ask or think. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have called us by name for such a time as this. Lord, I don't care what the situation is. I don't care what's going on. I don't care how the enemy is pressing in. Father, you are able, you're exceedingly able, Father, to handle that situation. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to release the anointing, Father, to cause the people to get their eyes on you. Because, Father, you're able to put it in place. You're able to put it in order. You're able. So, Father, uh, the disappointments, the depression that the people may be in, Father, uh, uh, about their relationship with you, about their worship, about where they attend church, Father, let us shake all that off and let us be like Paul and Silas. Let us be like Esther. Let us be like Moses. Let us be like Daniel. Let us be like David. And let us put our eyes and our focus on you. Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, in the name of Jesus. Now, Father, I know that there are some difficult things that's going on in households. But, Father, as you, as we call in the name of the Lord, you say that all those that call in the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, I decree and declare, Father, that every voice uh, that's calling on your name right now, Father, that you hear that voice. Father, every ear, Father, that's hearing this broadcast right now, Lord, that they will begin to call on you. And as they call on you, Lord, I command and decree that depression will leave them now in the name of Jesus, that, di- that disappointment will leave them now in the name of Jesus. Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, to let the Spirit of the Lord, Father, move into the seers. Let the Spirit of the Lord move, Father, on every ear that's listening to this broadcast right now. Father, I I ask you, Lord, that your kingdom come, your will be done, Lord, in every life that's listening right now. Father, there is a great change that's happening right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, turn the tide, Lord God. Turn the tide, Father, out of every difficult situation in the name of Jesus. Father, you're instantly able to do it. Father, we have no one else to look to. Father, you're the only one that can do it. Father, we're not going to lean on our own understanding, but in this moment, Lord God, in all our ways, we're going to acknowledge you, knowing that only you, Father, can direct our path. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to release a miracle into the ear of the the listener. Father, everyone that's grieving right now, Father, everyone that's lost a loved one this week, all those, Father, that's going through depression, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would go minister now. Father, yes. everyone doesn't know yes. you like we know you, but, Father you're, Father, you're just simple. You're just easy. Your way is easy, Father. So, Lord, I'm asking you now, Lord, to release the easy way, the easy way, and let your children, Father, be comfortable in the easy way and not try to uh, pretend to be someone they're not, but just step into that easy way of following you. 
Father, we bless you. We thank you for Dr. Bailey. We thank you for Beth and, and for their daughter. Father, I'm asking you, Lord, to release a more easier way to her in her studies. Father, I come against all of this this difficulty, all this. Uh, it's almost like a, a shouting of, of the crowd, Father, in getting things done. Father, I release the spirit of easiness um, upon her right now in the name of Jesus. Father, the things will begin to flow like oil in Jesus' name. We bless you. We bless you, Father. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you know, God is so good, and he is so faithful. You know, God's not in the business of putting people in condemnation, putting people under the thumb. And, you know, most of us have things in our past we're not proud of. Most of us have things uh, where we failed God, where we had difficulties. You know, and the enemy, he comes... And there's the attack on our soul. He comes to stir all that up. He comes to bring us back into those places to try to bring us in. Somebody asked me, they said, when you go to a new level, do you meet new devils? I said, well, that's partially true. I said, when you get ready to go to a new level, you get new levels plus old devils. When God gets ready to promote you, when God gets ready to take you to a new place in him, the enemy will start coming and bringing up all kinds of things in our past. And you think, man, I, I've, I've had victory over that for years. That thing hasn't come up in my life. And what happens is those devils confederate because they want to pull us back down into the person that we used to be. Right. They don't want us. See, all that God's been doing is he's been trying to prepare us. Uh, I have to be on the next level in my heart and in my mind before I get on the next level. And the enemy wants to prevent that. So he comes against us in that way. And I think with a lot of mothers, I think there are mothers today that are listening, and their children, maybe they raised them to serve the Lord. They raised them to love Jesus. But their children, for whatever reason, are not serving the Lord today. And the enemy wants to come and, and say to that mother or to that parent, You're, you failed. You missed it. I believe that God has redemption for that. I believe that God is not in the business of punishing us. And we don't know why certain things happen and why some children serve the Lord and some don't. I know godly, godly people in my own family who have uh, children that are just not serving the Lord. And the key is not to get bound up in, did I fail? But the key is, is to stay before the throne of God and keep calling their name. Don't get caught up in the emotion because when yes. we talked about when you get caught up in the emotion, that's what the devil right. has you. You get to speak. You get to speak what God says about your children. And, and Psalm one is a good one. The Psalm. Now put your children. You know when it says the man, put your children's name in Psalms one and decree and declare that I've seen God bring people from nothing into the fullness of God through Psalms one. You have to speak the word. There's power in the word of God. Yes, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Mm-hmm. or stands in the way of sinners, or said in the seat of the scornful. Yeah, I think personalize it, personalize it. And one of the things you said that I love is this. My wife does this. She has a long drive to work every day. So she said, you know, that that's really time that I can spend with the Lord. So she takes her Bible app. And for those of you that are saying, how do I listen to the Bible? Well, most people that are listening today have a smartphone. Go to the Internet and download and just get on Bible.com, and there's a free Bible app for your phone. I use it every day, all the time. You can put it on your phone. You can put it on your tablet or your computer. Over 472 million people have downloaded this free app. 
and you can make it your Bible. You can write notes in it. You can highlight things. But there's a place in there for you to play the scriptures out loud. And there are different translations you can listen to. She listens to the word every day as she goes to work. And when she comes home, we talk about it. And there's even an app for children. Get your children started in listening to the Bible. Watch over what they're listening, what they're watching, and start implanting just like Pauline did to her daughter. Start teaching those children, modeling to those children the importance of the Word of God. If you'll make the Word of God a priority in your life, if you'll make the Word of God and prayer a priority in your family, then more is caught than taught. It's going to influence those children. And even those teenagers, it's never too late. It's never too late to start with them. So even those teenagers, you you do that in Jesus' name. We still, as a family, we have communion together. We pray together. You know, my daughter's very busy. She works hard. She was all day yesterday, up until last night. She was doing schoolwork and taking classes and involved in things. And so we just have to make time to do that. We've got, I think, about three minutes left, according to my watch. Yeah. I'm going to let you have the last word here to say whatever God's put on your heart, Dr. Pauline, and then you just close us out. Well, first of all, Dr. Bailey, I want to thank you, you know, for taking over the show. You know, next month, you know, you'll hear Dr. Bailey again. He's been very uh, good about just taking over, and I and I praise God. God has called him by name to take over this show. God did not call me to stop this show. He wanted me to continue it, and so I appreciate you, Dr. Bailey, for sacrificing your time to take over and to continue to release the um, unadulterated word of God because that's what we need. We need a prayer word, and so I thank God for you bringing that to you. Um, forgot bringing that to you, but mothers, I want you to stand firm. It's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. And as you walk every day in the Spirit of the Lord through hearing the Word, reading the Word, through prayer, let God change. You cannot change anybody, but God does have a plan for your husband. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for your children. And only God can fulfill that plan. You cannot fulfill that plan. The only thing you can do is pray to see the fulfillment of it come forth. So let the kingdom of God be done in your life and in the life of your family. In Jesus' name, amen. So I bless you so much, Dr. Bailey. Thank you. Well, we thank you for joining us, and it's an honor to uh, sit in the seat. And thank you for joining me today. Man, this has been so rich and such an anointing. And I, I appreciate you and Ronnie. Beth and I, we love and appreciate you guys and just hold you in the highest esteem. And thank you for the work you're doing there in the CSRA, Northeast Georgia, and really to the nations of the earth and around the world. You just never know who will pick up these broadcasts, who will hear these things, and and who it will influence. Only eternity will reveal that. So thank you for joining us. Our time has come and gone. This is Spiritual Mind, Spiritual You. God bless you.